Super Talk Mississippi media production. Kickstart your adventure now with a new Gud Golf Cart from Country Carts of Brookhaven. Gud Golf Carts are assembled right here in Mississippi with the best features around. And best of all, they're street legal. Country Carts of Brookhaven, 401 Highway 51 South, phone 601-748-0454. Good morning. Well, it's morning for me. Good whenever you are listening to this. Welcome in. I'm Michael Borky to the Rebel Report. Very very glad that you guys are with me. Ole Miss started training camp yesterday. Uh, it still feels like yesterday, considering the hour of the day this is. doesn't matter. Ole Miss started training camp yesterday. You got to see some, you know, video and stuff of a practice without pads, and that's good. I, you know, I'm not going to make fun of people for consuming practice content because I love it myself. Uh, but you didn't really get to see much from – you know, the outside perspective, because one, they were not wearing pads and uh, all the videos they released were very uh, <laughs> glowing. Anyway, uh, they did start camp yesterday, Lane Kiffin and some players, all the players except for maybe one, uh, spoke to the media yesterday. And there's a handful of things to take away from that. I'm also going to play that for you. Uh, Lane Kiffin is remarkably boring in this setting, but there are things that he said and answers that he had uh, that are worth listening to for sure. I warn you when there's nothing there, at least I think I do, in this case, uh, there's actually some substance to his answers here that I think you should want to listen to and not listen to me paraphrase, but you you want to listen to him say it. So I'm going to bring that to you as well on this edition of the podcast. Again, I'm Michael Borky. Follow me on Twitter. Facebook, YouTube, B-O-R-K-E-Y is the last name. Um, yes, it's a very weird last name, as one of you pointed out to me the other day. I appreciate that. <laughs> I've spent 30 years knowing that. B-O-R-K-E-Y, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast as well, wherever you get them. Uh, you've got a podcast app on your phone. I know that because they automatically show up on your phone now. Pull that up, search Rebel Report, subscribe, and if you like what you hear, leave a rating and a Review for your short Ole Miss update podcast. This is uh, uh, one that you guys seem to like. I appreciate that based on the reviews. And if you are the same, uh, leave one. That would be great. Before we get started, uh, this podcast is brought to you by Advantage Business Systems. ABSMS.com is the website. If you are a business owner or a decision maker at your business and you're located anywhere inside of the state of Mississippi, absms.com. Again, Advantage Business Systems has you covered for your office technology, anything from copiers and printers and mail machines to phone systems and data security and cloud storage and technology in the office, absms.com. You tell them I sent you, you'll get a complimentary office technology assessment. So you tell them what you need and what your budget is, and they will find uh, a solution for you on me. Also, the podcast is brought to you by LB's. LB's Meat, just across from Kroger on University Avenue in Oxford. When you go, tell the good people there, uh, specifically Greg, but anybody there that I sent you, they'll hook you up. They've got daily lunch specials Monday through Friday. But if you are cooking with meat any day, if you're cooking with meat, they have got you covered. It's the best selection of meat in this state. They've got really good advice as well, good deals too. I mean, I know things are getting more and more expensive. Uh, I, I went to a big grocery store uh, recently, and it's different. It, it is absolutely different. LB's, um, it's not just the best selection. It's not 
uh, people that support your athletic department well, but they're fair. Uh, everything about LBs is the best meat buying experience in this state. All right. Training camp, which is what I'm going to call it. It doesn't happen in the fall. I know it's for a fall sport. It does not happen in the fall, so I'm not going to call it fall camp. It's training camp uh, for Ole Miss began yesterday. Obviously, there's a lot of storylines and stuff with quarterbacks, and uh, Lane even made a joke yesterday that he knew that was going to be the first thing that he was asked about. But I want to start with something, and you'll hear it. He does it a a couple of times uh, in the press conference where he talks about buy-in. and. Without naming names, he even kind of he singled out a couple of players, transfers that have not yet started doing what they need to be doing. And his answer, especially about Michael Trigg, is going to open your eyes a, a little bit. I think Nick's, uh, I think Nick Saban, I think Lane Kiffin is doing the Nick Saban and talking to his players, certain players through. The media, of course, they talk to them in person as well. But I think he's doing that. There, there has been, uh, based on his own words, uh, a, a handful or a small number, a couple of transfers that they want to rely on this year uh, that have yet to totally buy in and do what they need to do. That that is clear. You'll hear it. That is clearly what he is saying a couple of separate times in this press conference. Is that surprising? No, because that happens every year. That happens every single year. I, I saw some people yesterday do the whole, well, this is why you don't get transfers thing, as if uh, like this hasn't been an issue for coaches in the past. I mean, how often over the last every year of college football have you heard coaches talking about buying in? It's a roster of 85 college-aged kids. Not all 85 pull the rope in the same direction all the time. So this is not surprising because buy-in is or, or a handful of players or a couple of players not being bought in on the first day of training camp is not something that you should be concerned with. If he is still having these kind of statements three weeks from now, specifically about a player or two, then you can start raising red flags. Right now, it's early. It is literally one day of training camp. It's one day. Again, if it's three weeks from now and he's still saying these exact things about these exact players, then maybe it's cause for concern. But I'm not going to sit here and tell you that it's a disaster when every single year. So I've been – I've lived in Mississippi for 12 years. I've been – in one way or another, in sports media in Mississippi for eight years. This has been something that was talked about in all eight of my years, uh, covering whether loosely or closely college football in this state. And it's like that everywhere. It's just an emphasis because he specifically talked about one player individual. And then um, you had another important transfer that missed the, the media op yesterday, just Forgot to show up. Uh, so there, there's a couple of issues there. And uh, th- they need to get that worked out. I'm not saying that they ignore the problem, but that's uh, that's there. It, it is something that they're clearly concerned about. But it's not a wide-sweeping thing. Because if you listen to, to some of the players in their interviews, they talked about um, 
I believe it was J.J. Pegues. I could be wrong. I think he uh, talked about how they have or have had meetings every Wednesday with a dozen or so players in a group where they, I think they called it Get Real Wednesday or Real Talk Wednesday, something like that. And they would sit down in a circle or or in a room and just be either real with each other or or share their life stories or their like you know their journey to get to where they got to hardships in their life or uh, maybe even some beef and apparently that's been really good they they certainly sound like the overwhelming majority of and I'm putting words in their mouth at this point it feels like they're implying that the overwhelming majority of the newcomers have acclimated well there's just a couple of guys that that are uh, given them fits. They just so happen to be guys that they were hoping to depend on, and they haven't been able to do that yet. So you'll hear it from Lane Kiffin. You, I mean, listen to him. You'll hear it. There is a, a couple of guys, maybe a handful, that aren't yet doing what they need to do. Luckily, they've got the entirety of training camp to get that right. If they don't, it's a concern. For now, it's something interesting, and that's really the, that – that's really that all that it is right now is just interesting. Um, I hope they keep asking him about it, though, because he was pretty direct and honest yesterday. Boring, but he was honest yesterday about a lot of things, a lot of things. So that's my takeaway. Number one is they are having concerns, whatever you want to call it, uh, about buy in from at least a couple of players. And that's to be expected. This happens every year, so it's not publicized quite like this. Um, don't worry yet, I guess is what I'm saying. Don't worry yet. You might have to, but not yet. The second takeaway is, I, I swear, I, I'm getting frustrated. I've talked about this with you guys before. I talked about it with you after media days. I don't know why people keep talking about the the, the concept of a two-quarterback system. I, I don't quite understand that. Um Lane was asked, you know, the first question, you'll hear it about quarterbacks. And then later uh, he was asked about, you know, the possibility of a two quarterback system. Well, if you listen to his first answer and also all of his answers about quarterbacks at media days, they are not intending on using the non-conference games to figure out who their quarterback is. I think that's a bad strategy. That's a bad idea to just kind of use these four non-conference games as if you can just sleepwalk through all of them and just, yeah, you play this quarterback 50% and this one 50%, and we'll figure it out then, and then we'll decide on a starting quarterback a week before Kentucky comes to town. It's a bad idea. And, and by the way, I mean, yes, Georgia Tech is not a particularly good team. I think Ole Miss is better than them at basically every position, but you think you can just experiment on the road uh, against an ACC team? I mean, maybe you can, but probably not. Uh, Tulsa last year gave Ohio State fits in Columbus. They were a good football team last year. You think you can just, uh, you know, we'll just try some stuff here and we'll play Jackson Dart in the first quarter and Luke Altmeyer in the second quarter. And you, you can't do that. Yes, there are games where Ole Miss is better than all four of their opponents. They'll be heavy favorites in every game, but especially the last two are not games that you can really experiment they don't want to do that he has said it over and over and over again he said it in Atlanta he said it yesterday they don't want to go into the season not knowing who they're going to start they don't want to do that 
and, and I, like I've had friends ask me about it, like, oh, why don't they just do a two quarterback thing? Because they don't want to. It doesn't make sense. I don't know where people, a lot of people have gotten this in their head that they're just going to go through camp and then figure it out in the non-conference. He said again yesterday, that's not what they want to do. They want a guy to emerge in camp and he be the starter going into the Troy game and, and he will be the guy. They're not going to rush into that decision. He says that as well. But in a perfect world, they're going to make that call before the first game. If they don't, if they're doing this two-quarterback system thing where they're trying to figure out who the starter is, things didn't go to plan. And I, I don't understand. I mean, I'm telling you, I had a friend text me. I, my response was, did you listen to him? Like, hear what he's saying. They don't want to do that. If they do that, it did not go to plan, and that's not a good thing. So will we get separation? He didn't name a starter yesterday. I know you're you're probably shocked by that. Um, uh, we'll see. I mean, he'll be asked about that every single day, and he'll give probably the same answers every day until one separates from the other. But they want that decision to be made before the first game. They want to have a quarterback that plays against Troy and takes the overwhelming majority of the snaps uh, against Troy and Central Arkansas and Georgia Tech and Tulsa and Kentucky and on and on and on and on and on. That's what they want. So we will see if that happens. Also, the the last thing that was most interesting to me uh, was, well, he he actually had some funny quotes about uh, Juice, his dog, that you'll hear uh, later. Uh, Pretty insightful stuff, actually, from him uh, when it comes to his dog, if you can believe it. But um, linebacker. And how they're going to handle linebacker and defensive formations and stuff like that. It sounds like they're not married to anything, which is not surprising considering Lane Kiffin is the head coach, although he's not the DC. That's Chris Partridge. But it sounds like they're, you know, based on what he said anyway, they're they're moving some guys around at linebacker. There's a handful of guys that are, are true linebackers that play that play linebacker, there's four uh, that you can conceivably rely on at that position, four, maybe five, however you want to do the cutoff. But it sounds like they're experimenting with moving guys around or, or changing formations. So they, they ran a lot of three, two, six last year. I expect to see some of that. I also expect to see some four, two, five stuff because the strength of this football team is going to be the back five or the back six. I think that might be the best position group on this team. I think you can argue that it's even better than the running back room. Um, more dependable, at least as far as what you know right now. More experienced. Um, so they'll probably run a lot of formations with a lot of defensive backs on the field. But the, the specific answer about linebackers, it sounds like they might be experimenting with looks that have like Cedric Johnson playing, quote, quote, linebacker, but not, you know, four yards off the ball. Or, or maybe uh, a Tennyson or, or a Young in the strong safety position that they play, that basically being a linebacker. I don't know. It, it sounds like they're just doing a lot of moving and experimenting with how they're going to line up. I, I wouldn't be surprised if you see 4-3, 4-2-5, and 3-2-6 looks all season. They're going to mix it up a lot more. Uh, than they were able to last year because they have the personnel, it appears, to be able to do more and the desire to be able to do more experimenting with how they line up defensively. It's an interesting answer, uh, and 
the, the more open practices that ha they have, the more clarity we'll get on that. Uh, it's interesting uh, for sure. So uh, here that is now. It's it's pretty long, but I, I think it's worth listening to. He gives some pretty detailed answers. You'll hear about the buy-in stuff, and he specifically talks about one player, and you don't need context clues to figure out what that is. Um, he talks about quarterbacks. He talks about his dog. He talks about defense. And it, there's some insightful stuff here from Lane. He also shoots down some bad questions, but that's okay. Um, it's worth listening to, I think. So here that is right now, Lane Kiffin yesterday after the first day of training camp practice. And that will end the podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. And I'll talk to you guys again tomorrow or Saturday. Probably tomorrow. But I'll talk to you guys again this week for sure. All right, so it was good to be out there today. Um, you know, we have a lot of moving parts, as we've discussed all spring uh, with new players. And like we told the team in the team meeting, you know, this is a different era nowadays in general um, because you don't have programs where everyone's been there, you know, for years in your program and understanding what the expectations are. And so I'm sure a lot of people are dealing with this, but especially us with the amount of transfers that so many people and guys that are supposed to be significant players being new, even some not even being here in the spring. So uh, I think that's a big challenge of ours um, is how well we can get the players to buy in to the values and principles um, of our organization, what we do here, because that's not going to you know, happen overnight. So the challenge to them is the faster you do that, the better we'll be. Uh, I think that team last year did that really well and became a player's team. So we have a lot of work to do because those guys had a long time together to get to that point. Lane, obviously there's a quarterback battle going on. Um, what are you looking for out of those guys? What what factors are you looking for the to determine who's going to start the Troy game? And uh, how do both those guys, how can they benefit from this being such a, a competition? Well, I could have predicted the first question, quarterback battle. Um, <clears throat> you know, we're looking for the guy that, you know, leads the team and moves the team the best. And, you know, the intangibles within that are timing, accuracy, and decision-making. Um, but, you know, it's why we also chart things you know, by production, um, by series, once we get into scrimmages. You know, the guy has this many series, and this is how many points his team scores. So, because that's the bottom line, taking care of the ball and scoring. So, I think that competition's great for anybody, um, especially both of them being young. So, I do think that makes you better, no matter how old you are. It's good to have around. Um, so... And guys got to play really good around whoever it is because you're replacing a veteran quarterback that played extremely well and at times put the offense, especially with injuries, on his shoulders and took it to, took it himself to win the game. So um, that's not – one of these guys isn't going to feel that exactly yet, so it's going to take other people around to help that. Yeah, any time in these you'd like to have it sooner than later, but, you know, it's like everything we do here, we deal in analytics. The more information you have, the better you make a decision. So, 
you know, we can't rush that. I think one time for sure I can remember where we've done that and made the wrong decision because we didn't have enough information. And so however long that takes. Ideally, have never liked that to go into a season, but, you know, would never rule that out, but that would not be ideal. Playing after last season, 10 wins and whatnot, uh, is is the next step for, for this program, uh, winning the division, getting to Atlanta, that sort of thing, is that a natural growth, and, and is this team equipped for that kind of goal? I, I don't think like that, and that may be wrong. Um, I think that each year is so new, and especially nowadays with the turnover of your roster, to think we left off here and now we're supposed to go to here you know, this isn't the NFL where you got most of your roster returning the next year and take the next step. Um, you know, and not just as our roster different, but the people that we play is different. So I don't look at it that way. That's so far, and I'm not saying that's not achievable, but that's just so far from today. You know, we're in the day and trying to get guys better today and figure out, like they just pulled me from film right now, you know, how can we get players better today and we'll worry about that stuff down the road and, that's outcome-based, and we're all process-based. Uh, Lane, in the spring, I know linebacker was your biggest concern, just mostly with injuries and didn't have them all out there. But, also, you know, Austin was out there, Troy Brown, just initial eye test today. And Do you feel like they're still the group that's maybe the furthest behind on the defense? Well, it was good to have those guys back out and healthy. Um, we're looking at a lot of different ways to move people around and see what's best because that, that is a big concern for us. And, you know, just got to figure out the best people to play and the best systems to play um, because through covering us, you know, like we don't just run a system no matter what and make players fit it. You know, we, we look at our players, who's the best to play, and then form a system around them. That's why year in and year out we can look different on offense and defense. So I think defense this is – a year where you're going to do a lot of that because you lost a lot of moving parts and um, you know some really unique players. So we're going to have some challenges there and have to figure out what's the best way to play and how many D linemen and linebackers and DBs to play with. Lane, when did you kind of get to that point as far as like forming the the system around those guys? Is the first couple of weeks just evaluating all right who's ready to go, who can actually you know be in that position? When is that kind of what's the progression of camp if you? Yeah, again, we're just into today, which would be a lot more <clears throat> evaluation of an individual player, how they're moving, how they're playing, where they're at from last time we saw them, or so for some even the first time that we've seen them, um, and then eventually figure that out. So that's kind of like the quarterback thing. It's more important to you know just take today, and then when that comes, figuring out. So improving each player individually um, is a lot more important than the exact scheme right now. You mentioned how you were able to get last year's team to buy in. So how do you get this year's team to buy in? Well, that's a lot more challenging because I feel like, you know, we didn't lose a lot of players from year one to year two, um, you know, that had really significant roles compared to now year two to year three. So I felt like we had two years with those guys. Um, most of those guys were now, if you look on paper, what should be, 
what you would probably look on paper and say these are the significant players. A lot of those guys, a number of those guys, um, are brand new. I mean, I look out sometimes like we're in seven on seven, and you know, and I look over there, and we actually play eight, you know, on defense because it's drop eight, and I'm looking in six of the eight people, you know, didn't sign here out of high school or transfers, so. That's just a challenge that we're into, and we've got to make sure that we're looking at everything like we always do, including do we simplify our systems because so many people you know, are new to make sure they're playing fast. So we have a lot of work to do schematically, but especially culture-wise to get those guys to understand this is how we do things. You know, it's like a blended family coming together that these kids have been parented somewhere else. Not that we're better, but we're different than what they're used to. So, Lane, have you seen any any progress towards that buying in since maybe the spring to now? Have you seen any progress in in that realm? Well, it's been a half a day, so um, you know we'll, we'll see more. And a lot of times, the first day, everybody's it's easy to have energy and do the right things. Um, so, probably pretty hard to answer that right now. I think it was during media days, uh, Kirby Smart kind of brought up the idea that you survive fall camp in terms of your health and, and all that kind of stuff. I guess, how do you sort of balance knowing you got to keep the team healthy with knowing you have some things to kind of figure out? Very challenging, different year to year, based off of what you have returning and what you already know about them. And, you know, you've got a significant player that's already played for you and started for a full year or two. You know, you don't have to push as much um, physically. Versus these, all these new guys that not only need to learn how to play in your system, they need to learn how to play together. So, you know, it's kind of like a basketball team, free agents. Like they got to play a lot of pickup together, you know, to learn each other. I hate to go back to the quarterbacks, but a couple of years ago, you know, Matt really struggled over in Fayetteville. You stuck with him, and he talked about how big of an impact that made on him. Um, how are you on playing two quarterbacks? What are your thoughts on it? If that were to be a situation you'd have to consider? Well, I hope we're not considering what to do after seven turnovers, including six interceptions. So I think it was six, right? So <clears throat> we're kind of think more positive around here than that. So, I mean, it Hopefully we don't have to worry about that. But we're always going to look at everything as what's the best for the team and not just do things because we've done them that way before. That's our motto, and it's no different with, you know, playing quarterbacks. And But in general, I think it's different. I think people pull them too fast. and It's not like a pitcher that just goes in and, you know, pitches the next, you know, four days later or something. I mean, there's a lot of mental stuff to playing quarterback. And <clears throat> when you get pulled... Um, you know, that's a big deal. So to me, you better make sure the guy had every opportunity has and what's going on is his fault. People pull people off of production, like the guy goes throws three picks, but doesn't look and say, well, actually two of them were tipped or the receiver ran the wrong route. And they just pull him because it's what it's supposed to do so that I look good when I come in front of you guys after the game. So that's not, as you guys know, what we do here. Lane, obviously all these fall camp days are – you know, important for, you know, scheme and development and whatnot. But just how important is, is that first day of fall camp as far as just establishing a tone for just the remainder up until the season? I mean, it's the only day we have, so, you know, it's important. But, 
it's a long time, so all we can do is just get better today. But again, we don't have pads on, and there's a ton of work to do. So, you know, we're not making a lot of decisions off of today. Hey, when you got a dog, did you think it would become a recruiting tool? I think a lot of things um, in my career maybe seem like they're planned, how they come out or in my life. And so this was not, but it looks like pretty brilliant, actually, that, you know, the dog was a recruiting tool and college game day's already been here for a special on him that'll air later on and, um, you know, has his Twitter and Juice Fest and all this, but that was not. This was just my daughter wanting a dog, so... Which I was, I really didn't want. So, but so what? What have you thought as as you have watched the evolution of Juice? Um, I actually, as you asked that, like, you know, things happen. You don't know why they happen in different things, and you probably wouldn't think Juice would make me look at coaching better. But you know, Wild Rose now today's the third day because <clears throat> I don't know how to train a dog and. I don't really do what they tell me to do, so Juice is not really well behaved right now. So <clears throat> Wild Rose came and got him. Today's day three for like training camp, so he's on day three of training camp. They come get him in the morning, take him out. They give me a list of notes. Okay, this is what he does well. This is what we did today. They actually video the things. Um, and it, actually, this morning, meeting with them about it, I. I was like, there's so much similarities here to buying in and bringing people into culture because as, you know, he's going to, okay, hey, we're bringing him in and all of a sudden he's around these other dogs and how well they're trained has a lot to do with the training to him and him not being distracted by all the other things. And I was like, you guys are going through the same thing we're going through. Like, you know, when you bring people in an organization, transfers in, like getting them to buy in and here's the puppy that he's taking over there with these other dogs that have been trained the whole time and Juice ain't listening to what he's supposed to be doing. So I kind of feel like that's some of our transfers right now. So when you when you all from your home, you warmed up with Juice, you all come? Yeah, I, I did not think that was going to happen. I think probably like the typical kid gets the puppy, loves the puppy nonstop, and then all of a sudden you're taking care of it. Well, that's what happened this summer. And now the Juice isn't quite so cute. She doesn't want to take him anywhere anymore. So the dog actually sleeps with me now and kind of goes everywhere with me. So kind of typical story. I wish I had a good juice question. Um, so talked to Jonathan Mingo a couple of weeks ago. He told me, by the way, too, for those that have teenage kids, the day he comes in, he's like, okay, you know, we, we meet, like, the juice plan. And I'm like, you know, here, here's my problem. Like, now all of a sudden, he's over there, and I say, juice, come here, and he doesn't come. He just does his own deal. He just starts walking over there. And I'm like, at first, he used to follow me everywhere. And he's like, well, in dog years, he's a teenager. So think about your teenage kids when they don't listen. That's what juice is right now at five months. So um, kind of came hand in hand with parenting there. I understand. Except you don't send your kids away usually. <laughs> I was going to say, so which is easier, dog or parent, or kids? Um I don't know, the teenage daughter thing's probably as hard as it gets, so. I asked Jonathan Mingo a couple of weeks ago about Michael Trigg and if Kenny Yaboa was a good comparison. And he thought for a second, he said, Kyle Pitts might be a better comparison. What, what do you see when you look at Michael Trigg? And is there a comp that kind of pops into your mind for his skill set? 
I missed the beginning. Who made the comparison? Mingo mentioned that. Okay. Media well, Mingo's not exactly a personnel director, so I don't. I wouldn't call him Kyle Pitts right now. Um, so he's got a lot of talent, and he does have height, weight, speed, hand combination to be a great player, but he's got a long ways to go. And again, like some of these guys, we think they're older than they are because they transferred. He just finished his true freshman year. So, um, you know, got a very high seam. There's a lot of talented players out there. So um, a lot of work to do to be a great player. And I would not call him Kyle Pitts. Um, he brought up Juice. So Juice Fest, I guess, wasn't really a planned thing for the theme of it, right? So you just got a dog and you end up having a recruiting weekend themed around it. Does that kind of speak, also bringing the car out, to how recruiting, the absurdity of it, it's kind of changed? You know what I mean? You know, <clears throat> I didn't make this up here. I think I said it before. You know, like we don't think outside the box. We just create a new box. And I didn't make that up. We actually had Randall Joyner who's been here for a year now, and he was talking to some people to recruit and some parents and explaining, like, how Coach does this, how this program's run, and he used that term. And so I just kind of thought about that. It really is how we do it, and that goes in with this stuff. So instead of sitting and saying, well, recruiting now isn't like it used to be and it should be different and, you know, they care too much about taking pictures and photo shoot, is what it is, so figure out a way to do it really well. So we have some really creative people in, the, in that area, um, especially over this last year to where, you know, they come up with ideas of these cars and juice fests and what kids want nowadays. Hey, Lane, kind of following up on the recruiting, it looks like you guys are having more momentum with high school kids. A year ago, you know, it was heavy on the portal, obviously. Has your philosophy it, regarding the mix between uh, transfers and high school kids changed at all? No, I think that's a combination of getting out of COVID so you can recruit more and, you know, and be out in the spring and kids can be here more often. And that's a product of success. So recruiting usually improves when you win on the field. And so when you have a year, you know, when you get to a program and it's down, you've got to say, hey, come here and this is what it will be like. Well, it takes a lot of faith to do it versus when you win now you get to say hey we're already winning so it's a cool thing to do now um you know go there they got cool uniforms the players have fun they win 10 games like so that makes it a lot easier so i think that's more of a product of success lane just kind of what's the most important thing about this first day of camp and kind of just the beginning the first week of camp what's the most important thing to kind of get done and well, I think because of the ratio of new players on the roster is really um, a lot of, you know, how we prepare, how we practice, not as much scheme necessarily, and getting everybody on the same page that way. I mean, we got players out there today tackling people, you know. So there's a, there's a lot of work to do. It's about recruiting, kind of piggybacking off of Neil. Um, as far as working with the numbers, right, it used to be 25 high school kids, and that's who you signed. But now with the portal, how do you balance that when you have that or that increased interest from kids that might want to commit or whatever it might be? How do you balance that knowing you might have portal numbers to deal with later? Yeah, I mean, that's always moving and adjusting. And I don't think that 
you know, you say it's this many and this many because there's too many variables. Guys leave early, guys transfer, um, development of your players over this year, you know, before the next year's class come. And, you know, do you have a chance to get really good high, high school players? Well, then take them. If you're sitting there saying we're not sure, then wait on transfers. So um, the better your program is and the more you win, probably – you know, the more you sign high school players. And you kind of see that the elite programs aren't usually signing a bunch of transfers because they're just filling spots. They're not filling gaps, you know, because they've been recruiting at a really high level for, you know, the three, four years of the roster. Lane, I know it's early, but what are you the most excited about with this backfield? I mean, is it going to be... Or, I mean, with some guys who are, you know, presumably behind Zach Evans and U.S.S. Bentley, is there a lot more, you know, to that? Or what are you just most excited about with this backfield compared to some of the other ones you've been a part of? Well, I say there's good and bad to everything, you know. So when you lose what you did with so many players in the backfield and you have new ones, that's bad. But it's also good because you got new ones to learn about. And you may use them in different ways than the last group. So... Just figuring that out is exciting and fun to do. And, you know, it's usually better to just have your whole team returning. And But sometimes this makes you a better coach because you got to get – you got to figure new things out. All right, thanks, Coach. All right, guys. No. He is – no, he's a lab, but he is an English lab. Yes. Because there's, I'm not getting into this. I but I think there's English and American. And, uh, A Super Talk Mississippi media production.